0: I'm gonna be a bitch.
1: And welcome to another issue of Canaan Rinse. We will be covering Super Hexagon in this, Volume 6, Issue 281. But before we get on to that, play along with us our entire schedule up to issue 300 can be found on the Kane and Rince website. Future issues include Super Mario Kart, The Witcher 2, Assassins of Kings, Destiny, Double Dragon Neon and Double Dragon 4, Mortal Kombat 2, 3, uh, Trilogy, a whole bunch of classic Mortal Kombat games. Head over to canandrince.com for articles, features, reviews, and links to our forum, Facebook page, and YouTube channel. We also have a Patreon. Um, It is worth mentioning that if we reach the $300 a month mark by mid-November, we will be doubling the number of Canand podcasts we make next year so that goes from 50 issues a year to 100 so keep that in mind and if you prefer to get something a bit more tangible for your hard earned cash you can head over to shop.spreadsheet.co.uk/canarints and you will find t-shirts and all sorts of merchandise with the canarints logo on it Please also check out our sister podcast, Sound of Play, where we talk about our favourite music in video games. And please review and rate and subscribe to both our podcasts on iTunes or Pocket Cast, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, or whichever platform you prefer. It helps us greatly. So, joining me, Joshua Garrity, in Issue 281 are Sean O'Brien. Hello, hello. Carl Moon. Hey, everyone. And guest Ben Clavin of Pewter Game Studios. Um, how are you, Ben? Not too bad.
0: Be nice to me. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> don't worry, we're, we're nice here. Um, okay. Okay. Regular listeners may remember, Ben, from an interview uh, you did uh, back in March of this year, uh, talking about your studio's latest uh, game, a point-and-click adventure set in rural 1950s Ireland, uh, The Little Acre. So a summary for Super Hexagon, for anyone who is unfamiliar with the title but is listening to this uh, issue anyway. Super Hexagon is a survival puzzle game where the objective is to overcome a series of randomly generated obstacles and get um, the longest time possible. Um, and basically survive a series of obstacles that are shaped like a hexagon. So there are these walls that will appear that close in around the triangle player character, and you have to maneuver the triangle so it moves in between the gaps of this hexagon. All the while, colors are flashing, music is pulsing, and... Everything, all your senses are being distracted by the aesthetic of this game um, as you're trying to survive. Now, um, let's go back in time before we start talking about Super Hexagon and talk about Hexagon. Um, now, I, I don't believe, I don't think everyone on the panel's played this, but I have played this. Um, Hexagon was a game jam project um, that. Uh, terry kavanagh worked on um in early 2012 um and it's basically the first level of super hexagon it has the track courtesy by um chip uh, Chip Zell, um and uh, the aesthetic looks remarkably similar not quite as polished not quite as um slick as the finished product that we get in super hexagon but it, the, everything, all the building blocks that would become Super Hexagon, uh, are there and present. Um, has anyone else checked out this early build, or is it just me?
2: I, um, I was actively following the Game Jam projects throughout after 2010 uh, for a basis of ideas, and I was aware of the Hexagon project um, coming into it into the 2012 edition. Uh, it struck a chord mainly because of the very simplistic graphics and it's something that I'm really keen on I I really like that sort of overly simplistic art style Uh, but I didn't actually get to play it before I was aware of Super Hexagon so I haven't actually gone back to play it but I was aware of the project
1: yeah uh, basically, um, Terry Kavanagh, who is the developer and designer of uh, Super Hexagon, um, made this as just a, you know a game as part of a game jam, but quickly realised that there was potential in the idea and wanted to expand it and take it further. Um, so he actually got Chip Zell back on board um, with this uh, as the main composer, um, he originally used her track Courtesy but then she uh, offered to make um, more tracks for the game that we will talk about later. And um, in the original Game Jam game, um, Jen Frank uh, who most people will know as a, a fantastic um, games writer um, wh- unfortunately no longer um, writing in the games industry but some of her writing is uh, some of the best I've uh, I've ever read to be honest with you. She's, she's a great writer. She uh, did the announcer voice for the original Game Jam uh, game and the plan was um, originally to get a professional voice actor in to uh, to redo all the announcer voices, but on a, basically Terry Kavanagh got to the point where he's like, actually, I preferred uh, the uh, tone that Jen Frank was uh, striking with her with her voice acting, and she and he uh, brought her back on board to do the announcer voice again for the final product. Um, and yeah, and I and I think it's to the game's benefit, honestly. So the game was released in uh, August two thousand twelve on iOS. Uh, later, uh, I- uh, November two thousand twelve, it was released on PC and Mac, and then finally on Android on uh, j- uh, on January two thousand thirteen. So, that's kind of the full background on Super Hexagon. Now it's time for us to move on to our histories. And I think I'm going to start us off. Um, So, Super Hexagon, uh, for me, was a game that I knew nothing about until the kind of explosion of coverage that came via podcasts, that came via social media... Um, and I remember the conversation around it being a bit odd and and I I, I think be, I at the beginning of this uh, uh, at the beginning of this issue really struggled and Sean will have several outtakes of me trying to um, <laughs> uh, explain what super hexagon is and I think that came that difficulty and trying to define what super hexagon is came across in podcasts and stuff because I people were talking about like a survival you know uh, how how long can you last kind of puzzle game and i had a vague idea but not really like not what super hexagon actually is i didn't really have an accurate picture of what it was and why people thought it was so difficult and so um so hard then i finally tried it out um on uh, on ios and, and initially i hated it and i think this is going to be a narrative that um continues for uh, for you know for the panel and definitely for some of the uh, the listener correspondence um i i just didn't like it at all and bounced off it in, entirely it took me a long time to go back to it and eventually i found i i kind of got it and and found some enjoyment um from super hexagon which we will go into in a bit um so next i would like to hear from sean
3: um yeah similar to you i hadn't heard about this game at all until uh, i started hearing on about it through podcasts and i had seen um uh his previous game well actually i don't know if it was his most previous game before this but um I don't know how you pronounce it. Is this V-V-V-V-V? Uh, or v I don't know. <laughs> um, but I, I had, uh, I had seen that before. And that one, uh, it caught my eye, uh, back in the day. But I was, um, mostly a console player. So I think that was only on, at the time, I think only on PC. And maybe, uh, iOS. I don't know. You guys might know more than me. But, um, but so I had been aware of, of Terry Kavanaugh, but not, never played anything of his until, until this game. And I think I played it, um... You know, it came up for the podcast, and uh, I was asked to be on it, so I, I bought the game and and gave it a shot. And like you, at first, I was like, I don't know about this um, because this this kind of style does appeal to my interest. You know, it kind of reminds me of like a Jeff Minter uh, yeah. kind of deal. Um, a lot of flashy lights and and psychedelic uh, imagery. Um, but the the brief encounter i had at first which i imagine almost everyone does you know your first your first playthroughs is maybe about two seconds long um it did kind of throw me off a little bit but i don't think i was as turned off as you were josh so i i, I kind of kept going at it and i still haven't completed the what is it hexagonist the the hardest difficulty Which is only 30 seconds. I still can't make it 30 seconds on that difficulty. But uh, but I've completed the other two and none
1: of the hyper modes because that is
3: for superhumans.
1: Um,. So w- while you've reminded me, um, the usual rules, uh, Canarint's rules, have been lifted for Super Hexagon. Um, while it would be great to have a full panel of people who've completed the game, both on all the normal difficulties and all the hyper difficulties, I think that's a bit of an ask, especially seeing as, um, as I'll reveal later, uh, only 19 of the 50,000 owners of this game have actually seen. The a true ending of Super Hexagon, so yeah th- this isn't a game that we've managed to cane and rinse in the traditional sense but uh, it's near impossible, so I think you could forgive us uh, for not doing
2: that um, Carl Yes, yeah, so as I mentioned earlier, I was aware of the Hexagon project, but I'd never played it uh, when Super Hexagon came out it was garnering a lot of interest on social media, on podcasts, etc and um, Given that the mobile gaming is relatively cheap and something that I'm very fond of, I, I play a lot of mobile games, I jumped in. I picked it up on, on my iPhone at the time. Uh, I believe it was actually the last iPhone game I bought before I moved over to Android. Uh, and sort of had the same sort of experience of, oh this is a bit tough, this is a bit strange, and sort of getting used to the, the touch controls to simply move only left or right. Um the short life cycle is sort of what continued to draw me in. Uh, I refuse to be bettered by any game where I die in three seconds. <laughs> so <laughs> I wanted to prove myself and um, visually and audibly it was a, it was a game that I was really wanted to play. Um, Josh, you've already mentioned that super hexagon does bear a striking resemblance to hexagon, a game I already found you know visually appealing to my interests and, and Sean's mentioned the Jeff Minter comparison. Um, of the game looking somewhat like an acid trip. So, uh, yeah, it, it was a game that I've, I felt I had to have. I picked it up on iOS at release. Uh, my my history with it actually stretches across to uh, the PC uh, release as well, where I, I both bought it and then got it as a result of a Humble Bundle. And then because I'd moved to Android, I actually picked up the Android copy as well. So um, I've, I've got the sweep of, of releases. But, yeah, iOS at release was my very first introduction to it. Ben. Uh,
0: yeah, my history was I did a masters in game design in Dublin, Ireland. So then one of the days the kind of the topic came up of Irish made video games, you know, and which ones were there and were there any kind of I mean there's been plenty of AAA studios kind of working out of Ireland and making games here technically, although there's a lot of call centers and things like that. So then really uh, somebody mentioned finally Super Hexagon was, you know, made by an Irishman and that's when it just kind of got you know everyone in class sort of picked it up and started playing it and I was I guess I'm probably one of the freaks who loved it straight away. <laughs> I was just blown away by the music the visuals and the how simple it was and yet how frustrating it could be and like you said, you could pass it to someone and they last four seconds. I, I just I love that as a game design uh, kind of idea and Then it just became something that we'd play, you know, a couple of people sitting around having drinks or whatever and, you know, bets placed and who could last the longest. And it just became quite a kind of a party game for us. And I got so obsessed with trying to finish it for the first year, I'd say, of owning it. I finished everything up until the sixth level. And I had something heartbreaking, like fifty-eight seconds on it, oh, as opposed to the sixty minutes. Oh God. And I, I, I stuck on that for. I actually gave up then, and for a year, <laughs> and then came back, and in like the second go, finished it. <laughs> <laughs> it was, and it was just such a relief. But yeah, yeah. I was completely hooked from the start, and by um, the music as well. Chips, so yeah, she's from Belfast, so from this island, mm. and uh, so there was kind of this, I guess. Not only did we have this sort of like in influence in the AAA industry, but for once we had like a cool indie game, you know,
1: mm, that yeah.
0: uh, we didn't don't really have too much of over here. So that was kind of our beacon of cool indie gaming.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. um I want to get started by talking about the overall um, aesthetic of the game, but to act as kind of a launching off point, um, I'd like to read this email from Matt. Um, you can email us at uh, podcast at So Matt says, The definition of insanity is playing Super Hexagon for four years and never getting any good at it. But still... I'll occasionally throw myself against the wall and attempt to will my thumbs to accomplish what they've been unable to do so far, which is complete a single level of the game. Still, although I don't have any successful memories attached to this game, I don't carry any frustration either. I think it's because, if I think about it, I've never really seen Super Hexagon as a challenge but more as an experience almost like an interactive music video a perfect meld of minimal graphics with a highly pleasing aesthetic and chip tunes that in the best lucky moments seem to be reactive to your mo- movements I can thank Super Hexagon for introducing me to Chip Tunes through the work of Chip Zell, as well as the name Terry Kavanagh, whose works Judith, Don't Look Back, and most importantly VVVVV, were thankfully brought to my attention and Games Library. Hopefully within the next decade I can actually complete a level of Super Hexagon but if not i'll be thankful for the hours of distraction it gave me during train travels so yeah um that point about it being like an interactive uh, music video really um sticks out to me um because although you know the obstacles are uh, to a degree um there, there is some kind of you know, there's authored moments in, in terms of, like, like you know, like Spelunky, there are sections that are, you know, levels, uh, parts, segments of the overall level that are authored. Much the same here, although it's randomly generated, there are authored se- segments that are put in front of you. But it doesn't feel like that. A, a lot of the time, um, it doesn't feel like random generation. It feels like... Um, the, the obstacles are in sync with the music and and are kind of um creating an, an an effect of that kind of that the thing i love and i keep saying it on every podcast where interactivity and sound design are in sync with each other and i love it um mm-hmm. super hexagon does that for me with its use of music and with its use of color and shapes and and all of that stuff it, it it's really striking and how it, it does get you into that flow state, the the pounding music and, and the, the use of colour. You get to a point where you're so hyper-focused that all of that stuff kind of blends together and you have that kind of weird effect of colour and sound kind of combining. It's it's a really odd experience.
0: Yeah, I think flow is definitely the word that just sums the game up. And, and I think that's why it's, it's suited to actually having a gang of friends sit around and try and play it as well it's this music video feeling and and the lack of punishment for even though it's heartbreaking to lose you're right back in there straight again like i'm surprised some of the three word reviews weren't (laughs) game over again game over again you know just hearing that again 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 Mm -hmm. and the fact that the music seems to evolve i still haven't quite figured it out how the the tracks seem to grow as long as you kind of stay alive a bit longer but if you die Mm -hmm. they kind of reset back to a, a more kind of a chilled out So you start hearing instruments coming in, say, after the 40-second mark that you haven't heard before, which actually sounds like a nice thing, but it almost adds to the pressure because it's just, you haven't been here before, this is new. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Yeah. Yeah, see, I I have to admit to uh, something here and that I've played, the majority of the time I've played Super Hexagon, i played it on mute because as much as the music is is fun, um, I feel like it it added... I mean, I think it was successfully designed to do this but it added pressure to me as i was playing it so i was like no i'm going to turn this off that way i can actually get through a level without <laughs> feeling uh, any e- extra pressure on there so
2: yeah it's again i definitely resorted to playing on mute and this is no sort of criticism of the music because i right, love yeah. the music Same and anyone way. who's ever listened to me on sound of play will know that i adore chiptune music and often choose it whenever i'm on there but whenever I was playing this game, I felt that I could originally play it better with the music on it. I entered that sort of that flow state a lot quicker, but for other people in the room, even when I'm playing at a reduced volume, get sick of hearing the same cycle of music. Yeah, yeah. Sort of every 20 or 30 seconds with sort of that scratch sound when you die and as uh, <laughs> you, you restart and it's all very quick, but you sort of, it would get to the point where I'd look up and my girlfriend would be sort of giving me a death stare of really... <laughs> again. Are you kidding me? Um and yeah, I couldn't play with the headphones in. I found that that was another distraction. Um so I, I sort of practiced getting used to playing it on mute. Uh and it's such a shame because the, the the music is one of my very favorite sort of points of this game. Um and it definitely adds to the experience of playing it, but you know, it that is exactly how I played it Sean in the end. I, I played it on mute. Yeah. I I T- to me,
1: that's that's really alien because um, <laughs> I I feel like the music is is key. It- it's key for me to get into the mindset of th- that that's necessary for that game. If if mm. I didn't have that kind of adrenaline pumping music, I wouldn't mm. have the. I I feel like my reaction speed would be uh negatively affected by its absence hmm. um i don't know if you find that ben at all
0: yeah that's exactly uh, it. it's there is a sort of a hypnotic movement to the music and i think it does help playing the game I, yeah I I, I I doubt i'd be as good i might give it a shot just to see on <laughs> mute but i feel like it's, it's very weird a part of it yeah yeah <laughs> and i think it, it i had the pleasure actually of seeing chips will play at this thing and um the GDC, the Game Developers Conference, mm-hmm. has a Chiptunes party. It's usually called it's Pew Pew, or each year they add another Pew. So the, I think this was Pew 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 Pew, pew <laughs> <laughs> that she was playing at. But there was just this great moment in the crowd where the, the Super Hexagon song started kicking in, and everyone oh, just nice. kind of looked at each other, just like, oh, God, like <laughs> yeah. years of pain of tra- <laughs> flashing it across their face. Yeah. Or yeah. the odd person being like, yeah, I did it. But the, <laughs> it's still, I think, that kind of sums up just how important you know the music
1: part is Mm. this game i I do think it's also important even though her contributions are quite minimal i do think um jen frank's voice acting Mm -hmm. uh, lends the game a flavor that's really uh potent she's got she's got that voice that feels quite uh you know powerful but calm um she's not she's not angry or energetic it's just really in control and precise and hearing her say you know super hexagon or begin and and mm-hmm. these simple lines kind of add like a gravitas to the game that mm-hmm.
2: uh, it wouldn't have otherwise right so i, d- I definitely think that jen frank's uh, narration if you'd like sort of <laughs> announcements yeah. um Add that air of gravitas, that that air of sort of being in a test environment mm-hmm. um with a constant, again, again, you know, improvements. Mm-hmm. And when I was first playing it, I had in my mind that this, this voice is familiar, but I didn't put two and two together, despite the fact that I would listen to the Retro podcast and I was aware of from you know what she would do with One Up and and the and and that like and I couldn't quite put my finger on it and when i when i saw the show notes for this i was like of course that's exactly what it was and it is fabulously simplistic like most things in this game um but definitely works like her her simple announcements are one of my very favorite things and again the the repetition of it is why i had to put it on mute because uh, there's, there's all, you, you can feel other people sort of staring a hole into you with the, the repetition of just again, again, and then like, you know. But for me, it was absolutely wonderful. I really, really enjoyed the impact that it had on my game whenever I could play it with the sound on.
3: Hmm. Yeah, I appreciated that she sounded very robotic. Like it's clearly meant to be a, a like the game's meant to move like a machine. Like you just, you know, you, the second you hit go, it goes. And, and you know, the repetitive nature of, of the games is reflected kinda of in her vocal performance as well too, which I, I dug. And it and it reminded me of like almost any House game. They all kinda of have similar yeah. um uh, female uh, announcers over it too, which I always appreciate.
0: But I think that repetition as well just created such a reward when you'd hear a word that you haven't heard yet Right. Because yeah, you've gotten yeah. to it. So yeah, it's just been all triangle, yeah. square, triangle, square, <laughs> game over again, again. And all of a sudden you hear like hexagon. You know, yeah. that means you've hit the sixty second mark and just these words that... Because, yeah, it's so repetitive and just almost a part of the music. But then you hear a new word and you you know you're doing well.
1: I, th- I think that that part for me is that last point of how everything feels really connected her her Mm. voice acting the the way the color and and the shapes move and and vibrate and and the music it all feels very much entangled with each other it's not these discrete separate things um, and, and another thing just going back to the music uh, something that all the best very very difficult games do is when you have to start over it doesn't start the music all the way from the beginning again um, mm, which yeah. is something I really appreciate where um, yeah, you, the track is starting halfway through so it keeps the momentum it doesn't feel like even though you are starting again yeah. it doesn't feel psychologically that way because the music is tricking you into thinking you're still you know you're still on the path you're still making your way to your goal um Mm. it's i I love it whenever it pops up and it's uh, this is a great example of it um so let's talk about the gameplay um but before we give our own opinions um i just wanted to uh include this forum post from kintaris who describes his emotional journey Um, playing through the game uh, on the lead-up to this podcast, and I think it kind of reflects a lot of people's emotional journey when playing Super Hexagon for the first time. So, Kintaris says, It's rubbish. A boring and frustrating exercise in futility. I can't make it past five seconds. Well, six. Okay, okay. Ten and a bit seconds that time. Felt like I got a rhythm going. I can appreciate the stark visuals and the thumping soundtrack, but I still don't quite get the fuss about a game I can only play for 11 seconds at a time. Ah, okay, 13 seconds now. Whoa, where did these massive lines come from all of a sudden? That was so unfair! Rubbish! Why torture myself with this any longer? Who needs blind rage in their lives every thirty? no, 15 seconds. Oh, I see. It's a spiral. I have to loop around. That felt pretty good. A lucky run, most likely. A lucky run, most likely, but hey, 21 seconds. Thumbs are cramping. When did it get so dark outside? I'll take one more spin. I spent money on this irritating, pointless, worst game ever made. I want my money's worth. How the hell did I get 28 seconds before anyway? Good lord, it's 2am. Thought I got... Thought I got to 33 seconds. But that was a head-pounding, neon-pulsing dream I was having before my alarm went off. I'm not playing this anymore. Although it's so easy to just pick up and play on the train to work. Maybe one more go. Damn it, I missed my stop. My eyes are twitching. (laughs) But hey, 38 seconds. Exquisitely designed, deceptively simple, and hypnotically alluring, this might be the best game I've ever played on my phone. I hate it. 42 seconds. that That's, that's a brilliant post. That's poetry. That is <laughs> yeah. a,
0: that's poetry.
1: Thank you very much, Kintaris. Uh, so, yeah, um, I, I kind of have a similar relationship with um, Super Hexagon um i as i said in the history section i, I really bounced off at of this game initially um it, it's it is truly unforgiving um and i think that's fair to say like there's no there's no you know lead up to it there's no kind of tutorial or kind of Mm-mm. easing in it's just you're straight in and you either get it and you get you either get it or you're you know punished within seconds um did did anyone else find that as well
0: I think I found myself more so, like you're not gonna beat me. You know, <laughs> it was the kind of <laughs> attitude. So, like, as like rising to the challenge, I suppose. But obviously, it took me about three years to actually overcome it. But it did. There it, it was just something really addictive to to my brain, anyway, of dying in the first four seconds and just thinking, no, that no, this isn't gonna <laughs> happen.
2: <laughs> I just remember the first time that I played it, um, I died. Immediately, um, it was probably less than four seconds, and just laughing at thinking, oh, right, okay, I understand. And then catching the screen and realizing that, you know, the the way that the triangle moves quite quick, um, and then trying to gain control of it and and easing in with left and right. And my, my game, like I'm sure everyone else's, would sort of grow second by second by second until, you know, 10 seconds, 20 seconds, 30 seconds would go by um and and it was it it became very addictive and i think the marker of many good mobile games is if you can play them whilst you're on the toilet in that (laughs) short you know short few minute window uh, then it's a bit of a winner it's you know you go in you'll put a bit of super hexagon on and you you could have like 10 games of it and it was crazy we mention all the time on this podcast the halo 30 seconds of fun and this is like three seconds of fun over and over and over Mm. if that i mean that might be a bit too long um (laughs) but it that's definitely sort of the growth that i had with this game was that um in dying i never found frustration i found a lot of laughter um because many of them you you'd sort of uh, as Kintaris sort of mentioned with the the spiral and suddenly you start to see these new tricks and these new patterns approaching and you sort of look out for them the next time and you start, you know, improving. You go, oh, here's the spiral, spin around quick. And then you've got the quick left, right, left, right, left, right. And you start seeing these patterns growing um, and and you, you sort of improve without realizing that you're improving as you play it. And I, I always really appreciated that as a as a player.
3: Yeah, that's a, something that I really, really appreciated about it is how it makes me appreciate time in a way because, like, we're talking about how, like, everything is, um, you know, your first playthrough maybe two or three seconds long. And, like, when you get to... Like, I think my longest playthrough was 70 seconds altogether on on the um, hexagon-ist or, or whatever the second difficulty is. And, like, that was probably, like, the longest 70 seconds of my life. Like, I can't yeah. imagine yeah. how... how you know how how like this kind of that kind of time in any other game is just like you walking from left to right on the screen and it's just like it's nothing and the fact that it's like seventy seconds of nonstop gameplay is is honestly kind of impressive. Like, That's something I don't usually uh, uh, appreciate in games, and this game made me appreciate yeah. it more.
1: Yeah, I. I... Uh, the understanding this game gives you of how subjective our perception of time is was really <laughs> fascinating mm-hmm. um as you say yeah like i i think that's kind of what ended up being like a real um as weird as it sounds like a like a pleasure trigger for me like that kind of loss of perception of how you know long you're spending playing this game every second feels like a minute every minute feels like a a century or something like that it's just that kind of squashing and stretching of time was really weird and it did weird yeah. things to your brain and that's kind of what you know that's the thing that makes you miss the bus or miss the train right it's that yeah. kind of feeling of um hyper focus and the loss of perception of time it's it's really fascinating um, and the better you get at the game the further you get the you know the more seconds you add to your best time uh, mm-hmm. the more intense that effect becomes um as you're kind of and, and like you' react that like the way this game affects your reaction time as well whereas yes. before yeah. like y- 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 you'd have these um you know these lines come towards you and you're like how on earth am I meant to have the mm-hmm. you know the perception or speed to react to that and then like at times it felt like i was reacting to them before i even saw them you know when you're yeah. on your best runs when you're on your best runs it's like i'm just doing this on gut instinct alone um, yeah. and not even perceiving those lines it, it's and the worst it,
0: thing you could do is start thinking yeah absolutely Usually, yes <laughs>
2: right, yeah yeah and that's usually at the point that you hear the next stage of gameplay with the announcement right. or you, you 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 get curious as you're playing because, as Josh mentioned, it feels like it's lasting an age. Yeah. And then you look in the top corner uh, and it says like 23 yep. seconds yeah. and you're like, oh, my God. And you can't get that sort of direct focus to the middle of the screen again. No. And it also has that um, acute change in time uh, and re- reflexes and reaction that uh, it really highlights the brain's ability to react when without thinking. It's, yes. it's that same sort of thing where you can put your hand on the side of a hot kettle and your hand will pull away before you've even realised that that is right. hot or cold yeah. because that, that's the way that the brain can work. And this game sort of really dials into that. Um, it's that Tetris effect that the, the more you progress, uh, it, it, the subtle change in speed is manageable and people will be looking at you go that's ridiculous how you were sort of reacting to that and the the way that super hexagon will highlight that is if you go from sort of hexagonist all the way back to hexagon it's it's like you're playing it in slow motion (laughs) it's kind of crazy and then you sort of start failing at hexagon because it's too (laughs) slow and then it, it has this sort of strange sort of adaptability that this it needs to be quicker for me to be able to play this this is kind of crazy and it, it really does warp time mm-hmm. um it's sort of fascinating uh to sort of to sort of experience yourself sort of first hand playing really fast then going slow and trying to change it up mm-hmm. in between
0: and towards the end of the game i i do think it you actually there's no choice you have to kind of memorize some of the patterns in order to get out of some of the shapes yeah. coming at you towards the end so that's almost like a whole new section now. Not only are you working on instinct, your instinct has to have a, a template of, you know, this one's a, one of the cruelest ones towards the end. It's, it, it would appear like it's a spiral when really you, you go in direct, you'd go like right, right, left, 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 or left, right, 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 right. Oh, right. No way. And it, it's always, yeah. but it looks like a spiral <laughs> and it takes so long to kind of get that instinct into your fingers in order to beat it. But once you do that, it's kind of a matter of time before you'll finish the game. But, Mm. The, yeah the speed and the it almost reminds me of you know the like way people when they play table tennis they tend to do take it easy for the first round just to kind of warm your brain up
3: sure. and kind of start yeah.
0: building this feeling of you know reaction based timing
2: mm. I mean muscle memory is massive on this game mm. it really is yeah
1: definitely um
2: so The structure of the
1: game. Um, So you start the game with uh, three normal modes, hexagon, hexagona, and hexagonist. And if you manage to um, go through 60 seconds on each of those, um, you'll get the regular ending, um, which I think is humanly possible to get. uh, (laughs) Whereas... um, uh, you if you want the true ending um, you have to go through the hyper modes um, So you unlock these by getting 60 seconds uh, past 60 seconds on each of the normal modes and then it will unlock a hyper version of hexagon Hexagona, and hexagonist and if you manage to get 60 seconds on each of these then you will get the true ending. And like I mentioned before, um, admittedly, this is from an interview from a couple of years ago, but Terry Kavanagh said only 19 of the roughly 50,000 owners had reached the uh, true ending. That might be a different figure now, um, but that gives you an idea of how difficult it is to to complete hyper-hexagonist for any person and ben you're the only person uh, on this panel who has actually properly completed uh, super hexagon that's me <laughs> i'm one of the freaks <laughs> um i Wait. mean you know speaking as a mere mortal um, <laughs> um i i'm curious like i i i could barely get you know, 10 seconds and that was an achievement for me on hyper hexagonist so yeah. I, I i'm really curious to hear like the you know the brain space you have to get into <laughs> in order to to overcome this challenge
0: if anything it might be the opposite you got to get rid of your brain <laughs> you mm-hmm. know that's only going to slow you down I, I don't know if it helps but i, I do play drums and i wonder if that maybe mm, you know yeah. has something to do with the with the rhythm and kind of muscle memory taking over but it it yeah. it really was that but unlike the other levels like with this sixth level there is no thinking there's no time to kind of assess the situation and which way will i go left or right and um, there's, there's just none of that it's it's all about recognizing patterns and i guess similar to when you see people do rubik's cubes you know some of them they're not necessarily thinking that hard they're more so going through algorithms and patterns in in order to get it you know the really fast people and i I think it's something similar to that maybe where and and actually one of the weirdest things once you start getting used to these strange spiral shapes towards the end is you find the one little glitch in the game i don't know if anyone's ever come across it but there's just you can just move straight through one of the blocks that appears during one of the spiral patterns and uh, a lot of people you know you kind of trigger it by accident but now I I see people actually using this, this one tiny glitch in this otherwise perfect game as a way to kind of skip through a little spiral section in the last bit.
2: (laughs) So what you're saying is that you cheat I don't use that (laughs)
0: shortcut, I'm just saying certain individuals have been known
3: to
2: cheat. Yeah, I'm curious, uh, what
3: platform did you play on where you finished Uh, it all?
0: Finished it on mobile first on iOS okay. and then yeah. Steam as well. Yeah, that's the and thing. I- like, I,
3: I've <laughs> only played it on phone, and I can't imagine not having this like directly in front of my face. Like, of course, you could sit right in front of your monitor or whatever, but for me, like yeah. having it the phone like just like almost like VR, like <laughs> playing it like as yeah, close definitely. as I can to my eyes, like really helps with the get me further on.
0: I think there's two skills of thought. Though. See, I like, was the opposite. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> Some people prefer. Yeah,
2: it. I really struggled with the phone. Mm. Yeah it's it's sort of that the, the the lack of tactile feedback from your thumbs and whether you're quite making contact yeah. with the screen or not yeah, and Sometimes how that. much you're going to move is sort of what would trip me up yeah whereas if i'm on a keyboard i know i'm pressing it um although it's it definitely easier on a mechanical keyboard i've played on both um <laughs> and it, 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 it's on a mechanical keyboard that ability to sort of quickly sort of move mm-hmm. uh, made a huge difference yeah. for me personally
3: in a way this game like kind of defeats the whole issue that I have with a lot of mobile games where like even though you're, as you're saying like you might need to move your thumbs in a little further than expected because um, some of that screen is seems like a dead space um, like for m- most of my issue with a lot of mobile games is that your, your thumbs get in the way of what you're seeing but because all the action is really at the center of the screen um, it kind of helps that I, that I don't have my thumbs right there so I don't know like for me it, it ended up being um, not too much of an issue but I do see what you're saying how uh, it, sometimes it just wasn't registering. I,
1: I had the most luck um, with this game on a Android tablet rather than a phone, um, just <laughs> mm-hmm. because it was kind of the best of both worlds for me. In that I had sure, a big yeah. screen to take in all the information, but also, you know, I, I needed it to ha- you know, I needed it to be in my face and have mm-hmm. that kind of mm-hmm. direct. That feeling of being directly in contact with the game with my thumbs, like it just—I never got the same feeling um, with the keyboard. It just didn't work for me in the same way mm-hmm. as um, using the touchscreen. Because um, I, I don't know what it is—that weird kind of flow state thing again, where it, I felt like I was in the game when I was interacting with it in that way, like mm-hmm. that feeling of being like connected to it. Where whereas the keyboard, I felt disconnected and i just i couldn't get over that feeling and uh, it became an obstacle um in terms of um uh so i i have to admit like with the the hyper modes i've barely made any progress with any of those i've completed all of the um the normal difficulties um and I, i think hexagonist um when you really get into the headspace of that I I really love the music uh, for that level mm. as well. I think that's the best track in the game and when you get to the you know the latter stages when you're getting into the you know 50 to 60 second range um it just becomes euphoric. Um it's just a really intensely um pleasurable experience. That I, mm. I would compare to some of the, the you know the best levels in Res, even though Res is you know it's nowhere near as hard or as difficult as Super Hexagon, it's still going for a similar kind of um, weirdly transcendent. I know that's a really horrible word that people don't like using, but I feel like it's um, it's apt here, like that transcendent experience where um, you're not even playing a game anymore. It's just like you're just you just part of it it's it's really crazy mm. um does anyone else have anything were there any like specific moments um through you know the campaign or you know the regular or the hyper version of it that kind of stand out any particular kind of arrangements of um uh you know uh uh, lines and, and, and shapes that kind of gave you uh, gave you a difficult time but once you mastered it it, it felt really great any stories um, like that there well there's one sequence I think it
3: only comes in super Hexagonus, but for the most part I feel like the other two levels it just felt like the um, the floor I guess around the, the, the triangle was just kind of spinning or whatever but at certain points in hexagonus the actual full screen will like flip all the way upside down. And that threw me off. I don't know if that, if that makes any sense if you guys remember what I'm talking about, but I do. Um, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. How it just like the entire screen will flip upside and I was like, "Whoa, what is this?" Like it just <laughs> completely threw me off the first time, and it's still that's the, that's what probably gives me the most trouble. But as it's a neat little twist on on the
1: other levels.
2: I mean, I I was watching a playthrough. Um, it was actually Terry Kavanaugh completing it on stage, mm. uh, a video on yeah, YouTube. He that a lot. And it has that. It, <laughs>
0: I just can't believe he can just do that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, it's kind of crazy uh, to think but it's fascinating and and you sort of see all the stuff that I personally I, I won't do because uh, as much as I enjoy the game I don't have the inclination to do it now and I'm also not good enough and it would take a lot of practice to even get to that point. But you sort of see the the, the world sort of it changes to the point that um, the world seems to be moving around the character, and then the character moving around the world, and it sort of has that strange flip when you're watching the video. I don't know if it's necessarily the um, the changing colours because it cycles through a range of colours, and it goes sort of it looks like black and white, and it almost looks like the whole game has changed its structure for the last section. Hmm. And it completely freaked me out when I was watching him do it on stage. I was like, that is sort of incredible, and it's the kind of thing that if I was in that mode where I was playing it. I just wouldn't react. I'd be like, I don't know what's happening and i just crash into sort of one of the that, yeah. ongoing <laughs> exactly. walls. Exactly. When I um, finished
0: the game the first time, that was exactly my reaction. Yeah, the, the, all the patterns on the floor stop. So there's no more right. distraction. It, yeah. It's That's just crazy. a plain background yeah. which turns out to be more of a distraction because you've spent so long working with these symbols rotating the whole time and kind of coming out from the centre or going back in. So yeah, I think my record at the time it was just like 62 seconds because you just, you panicked <laughs> completely and then just crashed straight in. Yeah. It,
2: it was really strange to sort of see because it, it was the first time I'd actually seen someone get to that point. And it was like, I was aware that it had changed, but I was sort of second guessing myself. Did it really change? Yeah. Was that just me? Was it just the changing in colour? Um, but yeah, and it is absolutely the sort of one of those tricks that, that will absolutely stump, stump you. And obviously it, it did with yourself. And I know for a fact that if it was me, I just wouldn't have moved. Like, mm. what's going on
3: yeah <laughs> and it's a fascinating thing too how it, that like that little as you're saying that was just two seconds but it felt like as you're watching it like you had a full moment of like thought like what is going on here what is this but you really only thought that for about a couple seconds yeah. but just yeah it's really it's really like, neat how this game does that to you <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: while we're on the subject of uh, terry kavanagh playing through um super hexagon um It's interesting that um, Terry Kavanagh and Jason Killingsworth, um, a writer uh, most recently was co-author on You Died, a book about uh, Dark Souls and the community around it, Um, they had this weird kind of rivalry um, where they were competing for the top score on the hardest difficulty of Super Hexagon. Um, There's this really great article on Wired, Um, uh, that kind of talks through um, Terry Kavanagh's kind of need to be on the top of the scoreboard at all times and that the conflict between him and Jason Uh, it's a really interesting read Um, I don't think we can really uh, go into it in detail here, that whole uh, thing but I really urge uh, people to uh, go and seek that article out if you have any interest in Super Hexagon it's a, it's a, a fun little story uh, between those two, um, so I believe, uh, unless anyone else has anything else to say, we're we're kind of uh, we've rinsed this game in terms of conversation. Am I right? Yeah.
0: I, I think the only thing I'd add is one of the things I was so impressed by was the fact that it's kind of timeless, you know, just as a game design. Like I think you could hand this to someone, yeah. and there's no way they could place it. This could be the '80s cabinet game where you pay, sure. you know, fifty yeah. p or a dollar, whatever, to play, and uh, you get five lives, and there you go. Or it, it was, you know, only a few years old. I think that's just one of the kind of hmm. like it's it's always going to stay exactly as good and evil as it is.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. I, I think that that's definitely a very valid point, and it's something that I'm sure you were taught when you did games design at university in the same way that I was. That the key to any good game is building everything and stripping everything back until you've got. The absolute essentials, and then mm. you've got sort of that clean mechanic that you can sort of build on in the future. But if you took anything more away, you've no longer got the formula that made the game. Um, and in Super Hexagon, I can't think of anything that could be taken away from that game and still have it be yeah. the same mm. thing. So there's so there's no fluff. There's no oh, like added flair to it all. It you know it in terms of its mechanics it's incredibly simplistic but very very polished and as a result it does feel timeless in the same way that uh, we mentioned this on the Tetris show we've had countless editions of Tetris but the very first one the Game Boy edition and the likes of the Super Nintendo uh, ones are the ones that are continually played because they feel really tight and really like polished as is um, and and it's sort of the effect that I got from Super Hexagon. I didn't want anything added to it, and I don't really want anything taken away from it. Mm. It feels really, really solid as a product, as it yeah. is. I mean,
1: I- I've heard several people talk about Super Hexagon as kind of a modern incarnation of Tetris. And mm. while that might be slightly hyperbolic, um, I can see where they're coming from. Um, like, it-, it does tap into that kind of minimalism but also just exceptionally designed mm. um, and yeah it may not have the legacy that Tetris has which you know uh, there are so many different versions of Tetris that it's insane yeah. but like definitely in terms of game design it's definitely definitely had a lecture from Tetris mm-hmm. at Video Game University um, mm. and took it on board yeah, yeah. so Let's hear from our community. Um, If you like to contribute to our podcasts, um, you can head over to the forum, canandrince.com slash forum. So um, this from Alex79UK. I spent a while playing this back when it was the talk of the week. I kind of enjoyed what I played, but I never managed to find that zone that people spoke of. I've had it with other games, sure, but this never quite clicked the way it did for some. As such, I never spent that much time with it, but I can totally appreciate how it would hook you in with its one more go clause. Very clever game design, but ultimately not one I can honestly say I loved. Steve Norman says, for a game that apparently takes minutes to complete, I have spent hours not making a dent into it. And enjoyed every second get this on the go with headphones in a darkened room and you are quickly drawn into its bare bones hypnotic cruelty you'll hate every death but you can't resist coming back for more and more and more Hayes red mist says i don't like many mobile games but this one is special i had a long phase of irritating myself with it on the toilet, failing to get any decent scores. The music is brilliant and right up my street. I often restart to get the music I like the most and get the most annoyed when I spin out having not heard the full track. And Snaky Dave says... My first game of Super Hexagon probably lasted about 3 seconds and in that time I was completely gripped. After my first few goes, once my heart slowed a little and the game stopped seeming like just a whirl of colour and noise, I noticed the repeating sections for each level, spirally bit, 180s, back and forth, etc, if we're being technical. The sections come up randomly, like Tetris pieces, but individually, they're possible to learn by heart. Getting through a section feels like an analogue combo. The sequence of taps might be the same, but there are always variations and a little course corrections. It's this wonderful mix of muscle memory and twitchy-fingered adaptation. The same's true of the joins between the sections. Failure often comes from being unable to negotiate that gap, fingers paralysed without a clear script to follow. The gradual step to mastery, well, vague competence, comes from learning to identify the next section ahead of time and nail the transition. None of this feels particularly like conscious decision-making, though. With the high-speed pulsing music and hypnotic light show, it all feels instinctual. Visceral is an overused word in games criticism, but it feels apt here. I can't think of a game that can so reliably and immediately get my adrenaline pumping. I've completed all six stages of Super Hexagon, all three stages and their hyper versions. I went one further and got above 100 seconds on all of them, too. Well done. It's an incredible (laughs) game and an absolute essential for mobile. Thank you to all of uh, our listeners who contributed to the forum. Now let's move on to Twitter. If you want to leave a free word review, we send out a call-out on the day of recording, and you can send those over to at Kane and Um, I'll start us off. So Steve Norman says, undiluted gaming sadomasochism.
2: Alex79UK said, too bloody fast.
3: Kintaris says, hypnotic, hyperactive, excellent.
0: Graham Mason says, agree with Leon.
1: Context, Leon hates (laughs) Super Hexagon. (laughs) (laughs) David Merritt says, game over
2: again. His Red Mist said, Terry Kavanagh rules.
1: Jared Newman says,
2: left, right, don't.
0: The King Rucker says, wait, no, ugh.
1: Stanshall says, game over, again. Spencer Saunders, young hip Tetris. Sasha M. Holsch, do not blink.
0: Nicholas Cook, longest minute ever.
1: Dai Pudi says, beyond the infinite. And Jacob says, 10 seconds tops. Thank you uh, for everyone who contributed a free word review. It just leaves us to uh, end on our summaries. Um, I will start us off. So Super Hexagon, um, it's a game that... um, I think now is a bit of a masterclass in um, simplistic design, um, use of music and aesthetic. Um, I didn't always feel that way. Um, I, as I mentioned previously, I don't, I don't think Super Hexagon makes a good first impression. But that flow state, it induces that kind of euphoric feeling of time stretching out and being completely engulfed and losing touch with what's going on around you and then missing your train and swearing at Super Hexagon, why, why did you do this to me? I needed to get up to work on time. It's my first day. Why are you doing this to me? Um, it's, yeah, It it, it is... It is a unique appeal, um, and it does tap into the spirit of something like Tetris, as we mentioned before. I do highly recommend it. You have to be, a, you have to be of the inc- uh, inclination to be really into your hard games that require a lot out of you. But I think if you are that kind of person, then this is one of the best of that kind of experience.
2: Carl Super Hexagon can be brutally difficult. Um, I- I have have very strong memories of the first time that I played it and lasted three seconds. Um, but unlike other things that may last three seconds the first time, it wasn't overly frustrating or embarrassing and you just you know click on and start again. Um, and I think that that is one of the reasons why it stands out. Uh, I love games where you can just quickly go in again and again and again and... This is what that thrives upon. That's the formula that it's built on, and, and it's one of the reasons why I really, really appreciate it, and it's why I picked it up on all the formats. Um, I think of all the things I'd recommend it for, and it seems strange given I've already commented that I play it on mute, the music is the standout element of this game for me. I absolutely love the soundtrack. Uh, yeah. If I can play a game for hours upon hours upon hours without the game actually changing and hearing the same music and still love that music then that that is definitely doing something right by my book. And for uh, anyone who wants to go out and actually see uh the game being completed the Terry Kavanaugh playthrough uh is a brilliant watch and it actually gives you a run through of the music uh that follows and it's just absolutely sublimely beautiful. Um so definitely check that video out as well. I recommend picking this up it's a a pound and change um it often appears in bundles it'll probably be in yet another android humble bundle um if if you're on android it's on steam it might be appearing there again uh it's so cheap and so worth your time uh just as josh has already mentioned prepare to be frustrated uh but trust me it does get easier
3: sean um yeah, not much more I can add other than it's it's uh, probably <laughs> it's hard to say. I, my instinct is to say this is one of the games, mobile games where I've spent the most time in, but I don't know if that's true because I feel like I've played it more than any other, or at least I've played it more times than any other uh, mobile game, but is, those times might have lasted for uh, five seconds or <laughs> ten seconds, so it, it just feels like I've played it for so long, but I I really don't know. Um <laughs> But I appreciate that. I think it's a it's a really uh, it really makes the game stand out, um, uh, regardless of platform. Um, but I I will say that um, we've been mostly positive on the show, and I I don't know if it's for everyone, mostly because not even just out of the difficulty, but um, I know like with uh, I don't want to sp- I don't mean to speak for them, but for I know for our, uh, Leon and James, they both get headaches. Uh, playing this game because the visuals um, might be a little bit too much for some people out there. It's just a little, you know, it's, it's constantly changing colors. So for weirdos like us, we can uh, ignore that and, 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 uh, and actually let that kind of uh, almost be part of what makes us embrace the flow state of, of this kind of game. But, um, but it's not going to be for everybody. So I, I just put that kind of warning out there, but uh, you know, for, for a dollar it's at least worth uh, trying to see if, if, it, if it does bother you or not. And um I, I think it's a really awesome little arcade game that um, don't take too much of your time, even though it might feel like it will. So but I do recommend it with a little bit of caveats.
1: Ben?
0: Yeah, I think Super Hexagon is just, it's pure. It's kind of a word that I've heard a lot of people say when they say, you know, it's completely stripped down. It's just, it's kind of what games probably initially were. How good are you? How good are you at doing this one thing? You know, and how good can you get at it? and no story no you know big voice acting you know like any sort of all the trimmings that we're used to like in a way it reminds me of portal sometimes where they were able to do so much you know it's almost perfect because they didn't have this huge game it was just this short perfect trimmed experience and super hexagons like that i guess for the kind of twitch based gaming world and completely timeless and stripped to this pure gaming experience and as i said earlier play it with friends even though it can seem unless you're playing it on the toilet then that would be weird but maybe not then but any other time um yeah yeah if you have the pc version and throw it up on a screen and then just pass the keyboard around and let people have a shot it's surprisingly social for this you know for a what would feel like kind of a, a reclusive title
1: okay all that remains is for me, Josh, to thank Sean, Carl and Ben, as well as our many correspondents and, of course, all of you listening. Uh, remember that you can donate um, to our Patreon and if we reach $3,000, we will be doubling the amount of rinse issues in the future. So it's worth considering. You get more, more of us. Um, which is always a good thing. So next time in issue 282, we cover a game filled with magic, colour and joy and swearing at your friends. It's Super Mario Kart.